Arizona falls 31-24 to the Ravens Sunday at home from State Farm Stadium. We're going to break down that whole game and so much more here on Morning Scramble. Thank you so much for joining us live alongside Jody Jackson and Zach Gershman. I'm Danny Sarag. This is Morning Scramble presented by Verizon from the Seat Geek Studios. The Cardinals have the worst record in the league now at 1-7. Jody, this does not look like a 1-7 team though. It doesn't with the way that they came out in this game, especially the first drive. I mean, I know that they had a few penalties that aided them in that drive, but, you know, this is a team that has come out time and time again, guys, at the start of games and had success. And you see them fighting throughout the entire game. I thought the defense had a terrific performance today, uh, or yesterday, I should say. And, again, it's just some mistakes and some ineptitude on offense, which continues to be a theme, Danny, and I think, again, when you're not getting elite quarterback play, when you're not getting ex explosive plays, it is hard to win in this league. And so you're right. I, I feel for this group, though, because you see the fight. You see a lot of good things happening. You see some strong performances from a guy like Trey McBride. Uh, on defense, we saw a number of them. So they're not getting rewarded. And so you feel for this Cardinals group. They've just got to keep going, keep pressing along. Bill Parcells used to say that you are what your record says you are. And a few weeks ago on azcardinals.com, I wrote an article about that. And everyone said, yeah, we are a 1-4, 1-5 team, whatever it was at that point. Now you're 1-7. And, and while this team does not play like a 1-7 team, as Danny alluded to, this is still a unit and this is still a team that is struggling to turn those little details and fix them and turn them into wins. And that's what they need to do in order to add wins to the win column. You def no one enjoys losing in the league. You get paid to win football games. That's the theme week in and week out. You get paid to win the games. That's what gets the fans coming over. And unfortunately, at 1-7, and seven, you're, you're struggling to do that. But it's those details. It was a bright spot to have a fast start by the Cardinals offense scored on their opening drive. 75 yards down the field, wide receiver Hollywood Brown drew a defensive pass interference penalty, and quarterback Josh Dobbs ran it in for the one-yard touchdown following that. However, there were struggles in the passing game. Just 10 completions for 60 yards through three quarters. Yeah, and it's interesting because, again, Danny, you mentioned that was huge, just taking that shot into the end zone to Brown caused the PI, mm -hmm. and you'd love to see that, you know, you know, because you're right, Marquise Brown has been playing well all year. He has been getting open. Um, and Josh Dobbs, you know, put that ball on him. It was a ball that, you know, potentially could have been caught. So he's got to be in the vicinity with some of these throws. That's been the problem that we've seen, and especially with some of the interceptions. I hate to boil it down to interceptions, but I think, you know, it's pretty clear that was a problem in this game. And then the third quarter was a black hole. Mm -hmm. uh, the third quarter was punt, punt, interception, punt, and I believe they gained two or three yards in the third quarter. And so, you know, this time around, they did get points in the fourth quarter, but it's just the ebb and flow. I think uh, by that time, again, the score doesn't really indicate where this game was because the Ravens were willing to let up a little bit of yardage there. But that third quarter can't be a black hole once again for this Cardinals team. It's hard to win games in the NFL when you're not able to pass the ball, especially against a top 10 scoring defense in Baltimore. Dobbs finished with 208 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, two costly turnovers. Baltimore would end up scoring 14 points off turnovers. Dobbs had his fifth interception in four games, Zach. And he started off, it was a storybook beginning of the season with Joshua Dobbs. Everyone was like, how has this guy been underlooked for yeah. so long? 
because of the way he played in those first few games. And it was against top defenses, Dallas, San Fran. He was able to put a lot of magic out onto the field. And you start to think to yourself, okay, he's a really good backup. Could he even be one of the best 32 in the NFL to be a starter? And over the course of these games, honestly, once the conversation of turnover free football kind of became a thing, it's like an announcer's jinx. It started to showcase every single week. And uh, it, I feel like in a lot of cases, Josh Dobbs came into this with a lot of teams not having much film on him. And now they have the film. Now they understand a Drew Petzing offense and what that looks like, what a Jonathan Gannon coaching staff looks like. And teams are starting to – teams are smart in the NFL. They know, how to, they know how to cover these type of quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think that we saw that's why they're having that success early on. I think there is a, a strong game plan there to start the game. And then just those adjustments are happening – and again, I love what this coaching staff has done. I think, you know, speaking of smart, we see smart game plans, mm -hmm. smart decisions, uh, smart clock management. A lot of the things that you want to see from a coaching staff, we're seeing it. But I think, is that where talent is catching up? You know, maybe is that where some of the positions on offense, particularly maybe at quarterback, are not up to that standard to be able to continue throughout the game to execute some of the changes that they might be making. Now, again, I'm, I'm not, we're not in there at halftime, but you know, certainly coming out in the third quarter, you would have liked to see a better performance. And that's just the struggle with this team. And, they're, and the fact that they're hanging in there, and uh, again, the defense, but it's just the lack of, as I mentioned, explosive plays. And you can see with the talent they have, Michael Wilson, you mm -hmm. want to utilize these guys. I mean, not just Wilson, but, of course, Brown. And Trey McBride's becoming a bigger part of this offense with Zach Ertz injured. Um, they need to find a way to utilize that talent because um, otherwise, you know, it's just going to waste out there with chunks of 10 and 13 mm -hmm. yards being some of the, the longest plays in the passing game. The biggest problem with it is that the, the big-time plays start in the fourth quarter when it's already too far and you're already too far behind for this to happen. I mean, 22 was the longest for Trey McBride, 29 yards to Michael Wilson. That was the longest two receptions that they had. And that's already that, both of those were in the fourth quarter. You have to be able to chuck it long because when you have chucked it long, the results have worked out. Josh Dobbs said post game that if you throw the ball Michael Wilson's way, you know he's going to catch it. We got to throw it his way. I mean, he only had the four target, I mean the four uh, receptions. You got to be able to get him the ball a lot more, and you got to let him. He's a big body; he could jump up, he can make those plays. I know it's not as simple as just throw it up and pray and hope that he's going to catch it, but you at least got to give him a shot. Danny. Do you think it's also? I mean, the run game we've seen—it's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Amari DiMercato has been a revelation. I think that he could play in this league, that he could start in this league and do some good things. And you know, they do miss James Conner. There's no question about that. But I mean, the only thing I can think of, guys, is maybe you know just wanting to stay in balance. Doesn't mean you can't take a shot. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. But you know, you you it's all it's also a fine line because then if you're if you're not staying balanced, how much more is that maybe guys teeing off on Dobbs and getting to the quarterback more often? And how's this line holding up? And you know that run game makes it more healthy. But it's got to be the right balance. It definitely has been out of sync, especially in the second half. The connection between Hollywood Brown and Dobbs has been out of sync. However, Hollywood Brown with a touchdown against his former team. Brown now has a touchdown in every home game this season. Tight end Trey McBride had a career game stepping up in veteran Zach Ertz's presence, who was placed on IR with a quad injury, 95 reception, 95 receiving yards on 10 receptions and a touchdown. Zach, how has McBride proven he's capable to be your starting tight end even when Zach Ertz returns? I think he has a chip on his shoulder. And the reason why I say that is because 
Post game, he he was talking a little bit. He had a play where he dropped the ball. It would have been a first down conversion. It was third and 15, I believe it was, or third and six. Um, and third and 15 was the touchdown. And third and six, he dropped the ball. And when he dropped the ball, he right away, the second he hit the grass, put his hands on his helmet, was in disbelief as to how he dropped the ball. And he said, nine times out of 10, as a player, I'm going to catch that ball. They caught me on the one time out of 10. And I think seeing his frustration post game, even after he had a viral touchdown that started going everywhere, he that was, was not, awesome. It was incredible. <laughs> but he was not satisfied. And I think going into it, knowing what you're able to bring to the table, he was one of the best tight ends in all of college football when he was at Colorado State. Now he had that he had that rookie year under his belt. As year two has gone on, he started to progress a lot more. And I think with Zacherts not being as around anymore, depending on he's got at least another three games that he's going to be missing. Mm -hmm. Trey McBride, uh, Josh Dobbs, they're building that chemistry together. Trey McBride's kind of become his number one target. And it, depending on when Kyler Murray comes back, if he's able to build that connection with Trey McBride, it could continue to rise for Trey McBride. A lot, I mean, that play was terrific. We have, you know, the tush push. Maybe there's a, a name for this. Maybe it could be McBride goes for a ride or like <laughs> I all of the <laughs> offensive linemen pushing that, him into the end zone. I mean to go not first they went horizontally before mm -hmm. going vertical. You got to love it. You got to love the uh, intensity. Teamwork, teamwork the, makes yeah, a dream work. Yeah. Right? But uh, that's why post game I asked Paris Johnson. I said Paris you were celebrating as if you <laughs> scored the touchdown. He tried jumping over. He had a trademark uh, celebration in college where he would jump over the receivers. He said he was too tired after that push. It was a mad dash to try to get Trey McBride into the end zone. He wasn't he didn't have the energy to to, to jump over him. But I think that that kind of shows that play right there exemplifies to a T what this team is all about. They're yeah. there for each other. They have each other's back. There is fight. When you had four yards to get into the end zone, everybody came in to chip yeah. in. Even Keontae Ingram was in front of Trey McBride blocking the best that he could. I think if there was one key play that truly exemplifies the 2023 season so far for the Cardinals, it is that play. That's a, that's a great point of having that effort, that fight to get the job done, even when you are down and behind. Trey McBride was five yards short of hitting that 100-yard mark, something the Cardinals haven't had done by a tight end since 1989. It's wild, isn't it? That's it's pretty just, crazy it stat. Is, it is crazy. I mean, there have been some guys that have uh, played well here over the years at the tight end position but um yeah it's just and of course if he caught the ball you know you know maybe they and that's closer that, there, that so. would be and that's why he was so mad because he would have kept the drive alive and then you know baltimore came around and they started to put up points on the scoreboard and i think for for trey mcbride somebody that's so prideful and wants an opportunity he's gotten his opportunity he wants to make the most of it and that one out of ten times that he alluded to definitely came at a costly moment Arizona has been using a running backs by committee approach since James Conner went on IR with a knee injury. However, it didn't seem like much of a, co a committee approach Sunday. It was all Amari DiMercato, 78 rushing yards on 20 carries. Jody, how has DiMercato kept this run game alive in Conner's absence? Yeah, he's done a great job, and I think we've all been a little bit surprised that Ingram wasn't uh, more a part mm -hmm. of it at all, and even Damian Williams has risen above uh, what Keontae Ingram's been able to contribute here. But yeah, like I said, a bit of a revelation. This is a guy that uh, is coming into his own, and it just shows you, you know, another smart move by Monty Ossenfort, bringing him onto this roster. You never know. Again, I go back to the red-white scrimmage. I'm thinking, this okay, this kid can play. You know, we know he's got, you know, he played at a big college. You know that uh, he's got the right mindset for this. But no one really expected him to be the starting running back over the last couple weeks. And for the foreseeable future till James Conner can get back. And, you know, again, this the one thing that is impressive to me, and I think it's because for years, 
it's been so hard. There were, there's been pockets of time here in Cardinals history where it's been extremely hard to run the ball, uh, whether it was injuries on the O-line, whatever it was. And they continue to put up a number. Now, I know numbers don't always mean things. And, you know, you look at the game and you say 31-24, maybe not tell the story. But they continually put up around 120 to 140 yards rushing every game. And I'm sorry, but that's impressive to me. It's because I've seen, I've seen numbers in the 20s and 30s over the years. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. And uh, it's, it's, of course, not just Amari DiMercato. It's been a team effort. We see jo Josh Dobbs again, um, that first drive. He was using his legs, and you're thinking, all right, maybe they can do this. You know, Lamar Jackson's getting all the attention here with what he can do with his legs, and the Cardinals did a pretty good job of bottling him up. We didn't see it continue so much for Dobbs, um, but we saw enough in the running game again that if you can continue to do that, I know, as you opened the show, Danny, it's one and seven, but you, you, will, you will win a game soon <laughs> if you continue to do some of these things that the process is the right process, the balance. Uh, the O-line creating holes for the running backs. And uh, again, DeMarcado doing a great job. In their 31-24 loss to the Ravens, the Cardinals defense did enough to win this game. Gave up just 268 total yards, their best since week one in Washington. Quarterback Lamar Jackson was limited to 157, passing 17 rushing yards. Jackson entered Sunday's game with almost 400 rushing yards. He was a top 20 rusher in the league, regardless of position. And the Cardinals contained him, and they did that, Jody, with a true cornerback's rotation. We haven't seen that this season. No, I think, you know, I was certainly surprised that Keetrell Clark was not active. I mean, there was a rotation in there. You had Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker back, which gave, I think, the entire defense a lift. But, yeah, Danny, you look at the numbers, it's very impressive, um, especially considering what the Ravens have done certain uh, to certain opponents this year, especially the Lions last week. And just, you know, Lamar Jackson is can be such an explosive player. And I just – the amount of times they were able to, and you could see, and this is the problem with, you know, why, why Jackson hasn't been even more successful, is you're trying to throw the ball downfield, which was the knock on him, came into the league, and he was trying to prove that he could do more than just run. And so on a number of plays, he's looking downfield to the success of the, of the corners and the safeties, and then you get the, those sacks, right? You get a couple sacks. You get a situation where Lamar Jackson then is bottled up. He can't run. So that was a victory for the defense. And again, I just I saw a lot of little victories in this game, and certainly containing Lamar Jackson was one of those. Definitely is one of them. And Buda Baker said that you you take your eyes off Lamar, you take you blink, and he goes 20 yards down the field. He has that ability to run the rock, but they're going to be looking for the pass first. And the defense has done a great job. I think a big part of it is because you did have Buddha and JT back there. That's why I think allowed the coaching staff to be a little bit more comfortable when it came to that cornerback by committee, that rotation that we have not seen all year long. Because we've only had one game, now two, with Buddha Baker and Jalen Thompson back there as your safeties. And it was week one it's against Washington. Ideal, right? it's, it's, it's not, not I ideal. It's not ideal. Definitely is not. But I think now that you have this group that's there and that they're able back there, you know what Jalen Thompson, you know as a fact what Buda Baker is going to bring to the table. It also allows your cornerbacks and your linebackers to, I don't want to say like let off a little bit, but they know Kaiser White spoke about last week. He knows that when Buda Baker's back there, He's got somebody that has his back if he accidentally misses a tackle or whatever it might be. So knowing that you have that, I think, allows the coaching staff to be a lot more comfortable. Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. felt his presence there, right? Yeah. <laughs> the they had no receptions. He had zero receptions, and I mean, he did draw three penalties, which is definitely not something that Jonathan Gannon is going to be pleased with, knowing that the cornerbacks is his specific spot on the field, that defensive back 
having those three penalties. Not pretty, especially because that one with Odell Beckham, Antonio Hamilton, was caught on that defensive pass interference. That was in the end zone, which which got them into great scoring position out there. So I, I think when all was said and done, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. was very frustrated post-game or during the game. They had a clip of him. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's a matter of those cornerbacks continuing to step up. A bright spot, rookie Dante Stills on the defensive line. He's been getting more looks in games, playing more because of injuries. Showed up with his first career sack. Multi-sack. Multi-sack game. Yeah, One multi-sack. And a half yeah, BJ had his first uh, rookie sack, BJ Ojolari. I wrote a story about him and it was his family. I think the, I'm not saying coincidence. Right? <laughs> no, but I, I, I think the rookie class has definitely stepped up in all facets. We talk about Michael Wilson and Paris Johnson Jr. has done a really good job. Obviously, that one holding on that two-point conversion hurt. But Dante Stills, multi-career sack day. Uh, he sacked Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. As a rookie, that's got to be pretty cool when you're able to look back and say those were your first two career sacks. B.J. Ojolari, the same thing. Owen Papo on special teams with that onside kick recovery. Garrett Williams last week with his first interception. This week playing a really solid job. This rookie class, we talk week in and week out, they've done a really solid job. Yeah, I mean, Dante Stills especially, I, I marvel at that uh, graphic just seeing him contribute because he probably didn't think he was going to get the chance. But we all know about all the injuries on the line. And again, another revelation, another great job of scouting and drafting, and uh, again, a building block for the future. Great to see this rookie class come out and perform right from the jump. Let's go back to the uh, third quarter, 145 left in the game. Cardinals are down 14-7. Zach, this was your turning point in the game. It was an interception. Definitely was not a pretty one either. Josh Dobbs, I mean, it was the first play coming out of the drive, coming out of a timeout. And you go in, those are those plays, and Josh Dobbs, spoke about how when I asked him earlier in the week about those, the starts, and he said those first few plays you have scripted. You know what's about to come. You know what's going to come out of a play when you're coming out of a timeout. Well, coming out of this timeout, scrambled to the left side, threw it to double coverage, and I know he said that the coverage was a little bit sneaky that the Baltimore Ravens had out there, but he threw it in a really bad spot, and to be in your own territory, they were on their 24-yard line, to give the ball back, and Geno Stone, who leads the NFL in interceptions right now, picked that one off, and it was the second one, and the reason why I had that as the turning point, despite the fact that it was only 14-7, it would become 21-7, the final score being 31-24, it might seem a little early for a turning point, knowing how much has happened during the game, especially in the fourth quarter. But at that point, it felt like when the Cardinals were down 14-7, it was still a competitive game. They were still in it. They were not giving up. Once that interception happened, Geno, Smith, Geno Stone excuse me, picks it off, and they score, and they go up 21-7. That's when it starts to feel more of like an uphill climb, an uphill battle, as opposed to a close game. A momentum killer. Definitely is, because you know that this team, they've been driving down the field. They have not been able to put points on the scoreboard, and it was punting on both sides. Lamar Jackson said Baltimore punted way too many times. I think our time, I think the Cardinals team would say that they punted way too many times in this one. Yeah, war. it was certainly a backbreaker, and, you know, again, you want to get a chunk of yardage there. You want to go downfield, but, like, for you just can't have that happen back on your own 24 it's basically like it almost felt like a pick six because then next thing you know they're in mm -hmm. so um, just another unfortunate interception and I think a big part of it too is we spoke about in the beginning Josh Dobbs the first few weeks of the season was flawless when it came to the turnover battle and now it's just not been there for him and teams have started to scout him a lot more it's what's frustrating because it's one of those plays it's one of those momentum killers where you throw your head back and you're saying oh like we you want every single drive you hope that 
that this is going to be the drive that it turns around. And when your first play of the drive is an interception in your own territory, it's never going to have the momentum boost, that's for sure. Can't force the ball, have to be smart with the ball. Let's pull out the whiteboards mm -hmm. right, for songboards, shall we? Is anybody else going a little spooky the day before Halloween with their song? Oh, you know what? I didn't. I looked I didn't and I just couldn't think that. of anything. No, but that's a good idea. Now, <laughs> now we know thought. what Danny's doing. It's that time of year where I get this to eat all my long. kids' candy. This is too long of a word. It's not going to fit well. Now I can't wait. The suspense of the Halloween songbird from Danny. <laughs> and the drawing. Oh, the drawing and returns. The drawing. I do love Halloween now. Zach, you can go first. Yes, I'll go first. Um, normally I have themes. Who would have thought this is the week I did not have a theme? <laughs> I just went with Same Energy by the Kid Leroy. <laughs> first of all, I saw him in concert. It was incredible back at school. But no, I think nice. Same Energy is a key component of what's been going on. We've talked about how this team has so much fight, so much resilience. For it to be Same Energy, they have not given up in the slightest of bits all season long. It's a 1-7 team that does not play as a 1-7 team as we talked about. But it's the same mistakes. It's the same issues, that the same minor details that continue to hurt them. And when all is said and done, it's obviously not something that you would hope for. But the energy, I'm okay with it being there because they have been playing quite well so far. Yeah. All right. I Just what came to my mind was keep your head up. Is that a song? It is, and um, I wish I could remember the, uh, the, the gentleman's name that sings it. I okay, just as looked long it up as it's a song, I thought I'm you were just writing, challenge flag. I thought you were just saying encouraging keep words. Keep your head up, oh. Uh, oh, that's yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm, we will allow it. I didn't it. know singing was part of the show or I wouldn't have been hired to do <laughs> it. Duties as a sign. <laughs> you got to keep your head up. Oh. It's catchy. I, I was listening hey. to that this morning and I'm like, this is a great good morning, good Monday morning song, even though we're one and seven. But um, <laughs> it was, it's catchy. It's fun. You know, I think it's from about 10 or 12 years ago. At least that's what it said on YouTube. I've heard it on the so, radio before. It's Yeah, it's a little ditty, you know, a little poppy. That's what I'm going with. Not Halloween, but I can't wait for Danny's now. Let's I go. went with <laughs> Superstition by Stevie Wonder with my cute little ghost. Oh, it is cute. Look at that. Ah, scary. Pa it's like Pac-Man. It is like Pac-Man, but you can tell points. what it is, which is all <laughs> uh -huh. I'm going for at this point. I went with Superstition because the Cardinals are 7-3 and three in their last 10 matchups against the Cleveland Browns. So whatever Ooh. they've been doing keep doing that yeah. because at this point you need to start stacking the wins. The team is putting everything in throughout the week. They are keeping themselves in the game. You just have to start finishing. You have to start getting those wins. Even though the morale has been high and the energy has been there at some point, you need to start stacking wins for this team to truly stay together and keep believing. Superstition. That's a that's a good term <laughs> for this one because whatever has been working in the past for them to have that record over Cleveland, definitely got to go into yeah. it into this coming game. And I think it was two years ago, you know, Dustin by some COVID um, situations and they still went up there and I remember you know that that news coming down before the team was headed out and you're thinking how are they gonna pull this off you know so uh, it's been it's been interesting and you never know I mean look this team again they have managed to always come out even despite the losing and give their best effort so I don't even question that I feel like we'll see that it's just can they limit the mistakes can they connect on some big plays against this Browns defense? Again, when you they might not be able to grind against this defense, but maybe hit, if they can hit some big plays, you never know. There's one key component in this one. Josh Dobbs going against his former team. That's a very big thing. The team yeah. that did not give him a shot to start. They traded him away 
to the Arizona Cardinals. Now he gets to go back. He's familiar with the, the, the weapons that they have on the defensive side of the ball. It's no secret what Miles Garrett's going to bring to the table. He's a stud back there. So knowing that Josh Dobbs, I feel like Josh Dobbs is one of those players that plays with a chip on his shoulder as well. Similarly, as I've spoken about Trey McBride, he's one of those guys that, is a, that does that. I think with how smart Josh Dobbs is, he knows the opportunity that's in front of him, and he knows what he's able to show to his former team. What if Josh Dobbs for Halloween could dress up like Josh Dobbs from the first few weeks? Maybe that would just be... <laughs> You know, you got to love Josh Dobbs. I remember when he was in Cleveland, remember he did the TikTok from his apartment, like I'm packing my stuff up. What a, what a wonderful young man Josh Dobbs is, and we've gotten to know him. I love that the NFL has gotten to know him, mm -hmm. but just maybe, yeah, hopefully getting back to some of that. I know, like you mentioned, you're exactly right. The league has scouted him. They're seeing things, but we'll see. We'll see what happens this week. Then again, there's no better team that knows Josh Dobbs better than Cleveland. True. That's a key point. It will <laughs> likely be Josh Dobbs under center. Kyler Murray is practicing. However, he has not been activated off the pup list. In order for Kyler Murray to be active on a game day, he has to be put on the roster, which in turn can have him active on game days. November 8th is the deadline for the Cardinals to do something. That 21-day window of either placing him on pup for the rest of the year or putting him on that roster. Is there a chance we see K1 back on the field, Jody? I think... At this point, I'm going to stick with Atlanta's where I see him coming back. But things were trending this week, and I thought I Danny know. was right. I'm I like, really Danny. thought I was going to be right Danny with this Ravens game. Yeah, I thought it was trending that way, and then by and then Friday, and then you get word he's out. So if I'm going to take the risk <laughs> of saying that he was going to be ready, I really thought he was going to play Sunday against the Ravens. I have to hold myself accountable and admit that I was wrong. But I also agree, I think at this point, you're going to see him at home probably against the it Falcons. It seems like that's that nice landing spot, and uh, you know, and then he can go from there. I do not, like, honestly, as the week was going on, I'm like, Danny's really going to be right with this. <laughs> I know. We that would have like, been trouble for everybody. Everybody in this facility <laughs> was right about to hear about it. No, and and to, from what I've learned in my short time here, Danny has a way of manifesting things <laughs> that happen. So when this was going on, I was like, oh, my God, Just Kyler Murray's about to play against the Baltimore Ravens. I do believe that it's going to be against – the, the Atlanta Falcons, but the, the storyline this week was definitely an interesting one going into Baltimore. Seems like Jonathan Gannon tried to dispel whatever rumors were going around because he said Joshua Dobbs is going to be his starter in what ways. I'm sure we're going to find out as this week goes on as, he's, as he does his very uh, weekly media appearances, but there is a chance. There's always a chance. If I've got the manifestation powers, am I manifesting in Diamondbacks or Rangers <laughs> World Series win being from Dallas? Well, that is a question I, I've had for a you. Lot, I've had a lot of you fun cheering for the Diamondbacks since I've moved out here. As a and Philly kid, my of, manifestation meant nothing. <laughs> you were part of the home crowd against was, the Phillies, right? I was, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, so you're on board? Either way, I'm Are a winner. I'll say go D-backs. How about go. that? Is there that enough of an answer? Hey, World Series in, in the Valley. I hope, I I hope there's it. a parade here. I mean, listen, I'm not fully embracing the chaos, but, like, I'm slightly embracing What's the it? chaos. I, I can't cheat on my team, you know, still go for it. I know, you're still hurting. It's I'm okay. still hurting. There's always next year. The Cardinals travel to Cleveland next week to face the Browns with a 1-7 record. Plenty to turn around this week. We'll have coverage all week long on azcardinals.com leading up to that matchup. Thanks so much for joining us on Morning Scramble. For Jody Jackson and Zach Gershman, I'm Danny Sarek. We'll catch y'all right here next week. Happy Halloween.